Welcome to the March edition of Winning at Home's Home Run Club. Thank you again for partnering with us and all that we do. You would want to know we are getting very close to moving into our new office space. We've had some furniture that we ordered that we're waiting to arrive, but other than that, much of the things we need to accomplish to be in our new office space in the Zealand offices has happened, and so we're grateful for uh, being able to move forward in that process, putting more people in offices so we can continue to make a difference in coaching and counseling the lives that are calling us for guidance and help. Right now, it's about 200-plus calls a month that come into our offices, and we are so grateful for your support in what we do. If it weren't for you, we couldn't do this ministry because so much of what we do comes from your support. So we want to, again, express our appreciation to you for your kindness in helping us do what we do. And today, as always, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to share a message with you about marriage. Last month, I talked about the importance of praying together. This month, I'm going to tie that same thought into this idea of not only praying together, but listening to each other, learning to truly listen to what your spouse has to say. It is definitely something that we all can work on. I've been growing at it. Here I am 40 years into my marriage feeling like I'm learning some really critical things in being able to truly listen to what Jane is saying. And some of those principles I'm going to share with you as I share this little speech that I gave live with an audience about marriage. And I pray it will encourage you and help you work on the listening aspect of your marriage relationship. And may the Lord bless you as hopefully these thoughts connect with your heart as well. I want to share with you something, though, that I have developed, I would tell you, in the last two years. I wish I would have done this way earlier. Those of you who are younger married in the room, I've been married 40 years this year. Those of you who are younger married, jump on this a lot quicker than me. I would have saved us a lot of heartache. I would have saved us a lot of competing in conversations. I would have saved myself a lot of uh, frustration and anger if I would have done this thing I'm going to talk about next. And it's a spiritual discipline. It's something I do in my personal life with the Lord, but I was not doing it and had not done it with Jane. I am a preacher. I read my Bible and pray. That's just what we do. I'm hoping and praying that that's also something you do. But as a pastor, I have to be known as a man who reads his Bible and prays, or I'm, to me, I'm not really a pastor. I need to be developing those things and habits in my life. But I added a couple of years ago, reading the Bible, praying, and I've always had for about past 25, 30 years a listening time too in my spiritual walk. But I had not done, I read the Bible with Jane, I pray with Jane, but I had not really listened to her, like listened to her heart. And I want to talk about that tonight. And I want to start by saying somebody in here right now, don't, don't squeeze their hand, don't turn and point. But somebody is hoping that a spouse will honestly listen to what I'm going to say. You know, the Word of God teaches us in Philippians chapter 2 about Jesus, the servant he was. The example he set in servanthood and in humility. And one of the phrases in Philippians chapter 2 is this, let each of you look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Jesus came and did that. I'm not here for myself, I'm here for you. That was Jesus' example. 
as men in our home, the example setter, according to the word, because in Scripture we're compared to Christ, the wife is compared to the church. That's not something you hear a lot in our society. But I want you to know, when you hear the example of Christ, men in this room, you are to be the example of Christ. That means giving in first, dying first, serving first, just setting Christ did it first to set an example so the church would follow. And I realized a couple of years ago, though I would have said I was a good listener, I have to tell you that I really wasn't listening to Jane sometimes uh, when we would have conversations, etc. And, and, and I wrote down some of the reasons why we aren't good listeners. I, I don't want to just go over this for a second. Number one, to be a good listener, you got to be quiet. That's not a favorite of some of us. I'd much rather talk. You know, I'd, I'd much rather share my thoughts and my ideas and what I think's right than to go, oh, I'd love to hear what you're thinking. I'm learning in my life being a good listener is such a healthy thing and helps you grow so much. It's a marked change that some of us need to make in our life to become a good listener. And to become a good listener, shh, shh more, shh, more. I wrote down seven reasons I think we're not good listeners. Number two, we don't always agree with what the person's saying. <laughs> when I'm listening to somebody and I don't agree with what they're saying, I want to go, oh, no, I don't want to hear any more from you. But what's happened for me, and this is an example I can give you from, let me think back, last night. Jane and I had a disagreement last night. Something happened. We were watching two of our grandkids. And something happened at dinner with them, and it really, really bothered me. And I, I just, you know, she said, you okay? I said, I'm great. We can chat about it later. You know, just not going to do anything in front of the grandkids. So later that night, as she said, hey, that really bothered you. I said, it did. I said, that, that was, it was kind of irritating. But I said, what I want to do is I want you to explain to me why you did what you did. Like, why would you do that? That's how I said, why would you do that? And then I literally, we were in our bathroom, and I literally stopped, and I said, explain to me why you did that. She did. She took a couple of minutes to explain it, and I went, wow, that's good. I would, I would have never thought about that. I would have never done it that way. It's just not the way my brain works. But hearing you explain it, that's really helpful. Thanks, babe. And I started to walk away. She goes, well, wait, what were you thinking? I went, it doesn't really matter because what you're saying makes sense. And I promise you, if I go back five years ago, I would have just said, here's why it bothered me, and here's why, and I'd have just gone off on it. That's changed in me. It was really interesting because I said that, and we were fine. I did my thing, she did her thing, and probably two or three minutes later, she came and found me and went, and anyway, babe, I don't, I don't, you know, you listen to me, but I don't think I, I don't think my tone was necessarily right. And I'm sorry for how that came across. Will you forgive me if any way it came across poor? I went, absolutely, it's all good. That was a lot better than the way we used to settle that. And some of y'all here need to get in on this. Because maybe even the way here tonight, something blew up in the car. And you're sitting here and you got your flannel on and you look like you fit. <laughs> but you're not doing well. And I just really want to challenge you to start going, okay, maybe there's another angle or another view here that I would never come up with. I want to hear it. But for me to be able to do that, 
means sometimes even if I don't agree, I'll still hear her out. Third reason I think that we don't do a good job listening is distractions. Just distractions. You, you all have this the same as me. You ever talk to somebody and then you can tell they kind of look away. And like, like you're talking and you're talking right here, but they're looking over there. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, uh, if you have kids, anybody here with kids that whenever you start to talk to each other and the kids, ah, daddy, mom, mom, yeah, yeah, just, just a minute, no way. You know, your communication's breaking down. Distractions hurt listening so bad. We were sitting earlier, I was sitting there talking to Tim, and behind was those, all those pictures of the people who were coming up, you know, going to be speaking in the next few months, and I'm talking to him, but one of those pictures will flash up, and instead of looking at him, I glance up there. Well, what am I kind of saying to him? Not paying attention. Distractions. We're not good listeners, because, and there's so many distractions in our society. So many things coming at us. I, I really want to encourage you to try when your spouse is talking to you because we're speaking specifically about our spouse tonight. I really want you to zone in and, like, look at him. Like, look at him. I have a friend. His name's Tim Elmore. He travels around the country and speaks, too. He does this to such a degree, he makes me uncomfortable. Like, even if I try to look away, he'll follow me over there. And I'll be like, Tim, he goes, I've just learned this is the best way to connect. I'm like, man, you're driving me crazy. But practice that. Maybe you work at that for a while. Maybe you even use that illustration. If your spouse looks away, go over there to that spot where they're looking. Hi, I'm over here. And it'll draw them in a little more. Those distractions make you feel like what you're saying is not important. And, and if, you're not, if you're already struggling a little bit in your relationship with your spouse, if you feel like they're not paying attention to you, then it just makes you detach more. The fourth reason I wrote down is just, you know, what you're listening to is boring. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes your spouse is talking to you, and you're trying to look like you care, but you're like, man, you're dragging this out. But you can't say that. You can't go, da, 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 da. You just can't do that, you know. <laughs> it's hard because maybe you're tired. You fall asleep while they're talking. It's boring. Fifth reason I wrote down is we don't listen. This is a real big one. We're just self-focused and self-centered. We think what we say is way more important. Do you know, like forget about your spouse a minute. Do you work anywhere with somebody who's that way? Well, it's just, it's annoying, isn't it? Somebody thinks they know it all. Self-centered. Always want to turn the conversation to them. I think of, I have a friend. I love him. He lives in another state, so I can talk about him. But... He just he turns every conversation to himself. You can start talking about something happening. You're like, yeah, I did that one time too. And you're like, oh boy. Self-centered, self-focused. Work at that. Uh, you probably won't notice it about yourself. I've told my friend he does that. It's really fun conversation. But I'll tell him, dude, you, you, you made that about you again. And he'll go, I did, didn't I? I'm like, yeah, you got to stop. Number six. <laughs> Number six, we're not good listeners because we just go ahead and assume we know what they're going to say. All right, no, you've done this before. I know where this is going. Hear them out. Hear them out. Give them a chance to express it. And number seven, stubborn. I don't want to listen. Like somebody's listening to me tonight going, I'm not changing this. Uh, we've been married 40 years, and that's just where they are. I'm not, I'm not changing. I'm not, it's too late. No, it's not. 
just like it's not too late to pray every night, it's not too late to start listening to your spouse. So what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to give you some tips on listening. The first one is I want you to listen, and this one's very obvious, I want you to listen with your ears. Like, be intentional. The next time, next time your spouse is talking to you about something and you, you catch yourself going, oh, yeah, this is usually when I clue out for. Clue in and listen with your ears. Be intentional. Even do this if you have to. Do something to make sure they know your ears are focused on and listening to them. Um, I would encourage you, just a thought, if you have a phone, I have notes on my phone, etc., Sometime this week when your spouse says something, keep a little thing. Go write down. Go, my spouse said this. Write it down. Something that you know is significant to them that they've told you. To really listen, I want you to tune in and go, I'm going to write that down. That's important to them. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to let them know later. I heard that. A week from now, I'm going to say, you know, last week when you were talking about this, I wrote that down. That was pretty important. I'm telling you, you will make your spouse feel valued if you took time to do that. Have you ever had a situation where you're with your spouse and you're around another friend or another couple and one of them says the same thing you've said many, many times? But whenever that person says it, they go, oh, that's so good. And you're over here thinking, I told you that a thousand times. We tend to do that with those couples or other people. Look at your spouse sometimes and go, that's so good. It's going to shock them. The first time you do that, what's good? What's good? My hair? I mean, what is it? You know? But say it. If you're thinking it, say it. Verbalize it. And that'll show you, I heard you. Then, um, the second one is going to be kind of different. I want you to listen with your mouth. You say, what in the world? Well, I think of a couple said, I was in this setting this week. I was in a setting. I was in a room with two guys, and they were talking to each other. And one of them just started talking over the other one. Like the guy is sharing something with him, and the other one just started talking almost like he didn't even hear him. And I want to tell you, listening with your mouth means Like some of you here might need to even, next time your spouse is talking, go. Or let them reach across and go. (laughs) But be intentional. Last night when Jane was sharing that, I've been working on this for the last two years. I think I shared it with you before, before we came into this setting. But this has been life-changing for me. I just have become a really, I'm not going to say great, decent listener. And remember, I... I make a living speaking, so it's pretty easy to carry that home. And I've worked really hard at going, say less, say less. And last night, I can tell you, it was very intentional standing at the sink when I said to her, hey, babe, um, I don't, you know, it irritated me. I don't get it. I wasn't mad or anything. I said, I just want you to explain to me why that happened. And then it was silence. When she said the first couple of words, I didn't go, but... Or I didn't say, well, yeah, you're, you're wrong there. I didn't say any of that. I just listened with my mouth by keeping it closed. She finished everything she wanted to say, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, thank you. 
That's another thing that shows you're listening with your mouth. Thank you for sharing that. I said those words, thank you for taking time to share that with me. <laughs> Ten years ago, there's no chance that would have come out of my mouth. But it's been life-changing because I really do listen to her. And, and this contraption shuts down a lot of listening with our spouse. Because we're preparing our rebuttal. We're thinking about what we want to say. We're already rolling our R's while they're doing it. And I just want to really encourage you to, to practice listening to your spouse sometime this week where you don't say anything. I want to tell y'all this is hard. I'm not standing up here saying this is easy stuff. I've had to be really intentional about it. Then I'm going to encourage you to listen with your eyes. While Jane was talking last night, I was standing at the sink. Let me show you what I was not doing. She's standing right across there. She, we got two little sinks in our bathroom. She was just over the left of it, a little area she can stand, and she starts talking, and I was not doing this. I didn't do that. Looked right at her. I think I smiled. That's a pretty favorable look to hear someone. And not a, not that. Watch it. Body language does a lot. We can say what we want. Your eyes say a lot. If the whole time they're talking, you're. That's what we do. Somebody in here has no control of your body. You have no control of your, you say, I can't control it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you can. Because if I did the same thing your spouse does sometimes, you would not lose it like that. Because you know I'd use you as a sermon illustration on Sunday morning. Just kidding. I might. But, you know what I'm saying? Somebody else speaks to you the same way. You control yourself. So you can. You can. You just don't want to. I was watching a lady on Judge Judy the other day. I happened to catch that show. And this woman did not like what Judge Judy was saying to her. And she's like, whatever. And I was like, you ain't even listening. And she even said, you're not listening to me. Yes, I am. You aren't listening. Because your whole face shows it. And your eyes say a lot. Your spouse can tell if you really care about what they're saying. Listening is way more than the ears. Listen with your hands and your feet. Put some action to what you know. We had the grandkids overnight, and today's my day off. I came to work tonight, but today's my day off. I'm home on Wednesdays. I can watch my wife and see some things that would be beneficial and helpful to her. We have a bunch of people coming to our house tomorrow night. And I saw her. I saw her go in the kitchen. And she didn't say a word to me. But I was listening with my hands and feet thinking, I wonder if she needs any help with everybody coming over tomorrow night. I wonder what's going on. So I saw her. I saw her get a, a mop kind of thing out. Then I saw her get her some spray stuff out. We have wood floors. I looked at her. And we got two grandkids there. I'm playing with one of them. She's got one of them. And I thought to myself, hmm, 
if I listened to her heart right now, she could use some help with that floor. So we were doing some other stuff. We finished, et cetera, and I didn't say, I didn't say a word. I just went over and got the mop, and I got the spray, and I started, just started spraying the floors, spraying them, mopping them, spraying them, mopping them. And she looks over and goes, what are you doing? I said, I, I don't know. I just thought this would be beneficial. Oh, honey, thank you. That's so kind of you because I was listening with my hands and my feet. I put action to something that I knew would be helpful to her. Let me tell you something, men in this room. Listen to me. If you go and do something without even being asked, it will make them desire intimacy more. That's not why we do it, but it shows them love and care. Watch this. And it shows them they were thought about. Everybody in this room loves to be thought about. Do you see how listening has nothing to do with your ears sometimes? It's awareness. What could your spouse use from you right now? Don't even have to tell you. Maybe they have said it in the past, but what could your spouse, just think about their day-to-day, okay? What could they use from you right now? Give it to them without them having to ask. Pay attention to their world. You say, I, I, I don't have the energy. Yeah, I, I understand that. I would have loved to have just said today, I'm tired. I've been watching these grandkids. It's my day off. You don't get a day off from loving and caring for your spouse. That's just part of this gig. And I don't always do that great, but I do a lot better because I'm a better listener than I used to be. I'm more aware. And what's happened is I've become much more aware of who my wife really is. I spent a lot of years trying to get her to be who I wanted her to be. But by listening, I've discovered I've actually listened to her go, Oh, oh, that's how you think? Oh, that's why your brain processes it that way. Oh, you aren't just trying to tick me off. That's just who you are. Yeah. Ditto back to me, too. Because she has those same thoughts. But as we discover more who we really are, we get a long way better. Because I'm letting her be who God created her to be. And I'm learning how to love her there. And that happened by listening to her thoughts. I'm telling you, it goes both ways. There's some woman sitting in this room right now going, please start listening. There's some man sitting in this room right now going, please listen to me in the future. I know. You say, how do you know? Because I'm married. And I wrote down, listen with your heart and with your soul. If you want to become soulmates, soulmates is not something that is automatic. I've told you this before. We've really done a disservice in the church by calling our spouse our soulmate. We're helpmates. That's what it calls us in Genesis. We're helpmates. We can become soulmates if we take time to care and carry the burdens of the life of that one we are married to. So you can develop soulmateness, but you don't start there. Most couples think they get married. Found my soulmate. No, no, you found a helpmate, hopefully. You can grow and become soulmates, but that has to be intentionality. And what I'm talking to you about tonight is a soulmateness. It is a developing 
and inner desire to want to know and care more about your spouse. It's looking to the interests of others and not just to yourself. And now I want to say that some of you might need what I would call a translator. (laughs) I don't understand my spouse in the way they think. Perfect. You might need a translator. In other words, a coach, a counselor, somebody to walk alongside you. Don't be ashamed if you need that. If you say, I just don't connect. I don't know how they get it. Perfect. Invite a third party. Talk to you know, someone here on staff. Just say, help me get some guidance on how to develop this relationship because my spouse and I, we just, we just don't connect. Okay? That's not weird. You're not abnormal. I want to normalize that. There's plenty of couples who don't know how to talk to each other. And I want you to get help with that. I want you to seek a translator, I would call it, a spiritual guide who would help you understand each other's language. And I believe the steps we took last time to pray together can make a big difference in this. Watch this. If I'm praying over my spouse and I say something like this, Lord, you know, sometimes I just don't understand them, and I need your help so I understand them more. Right there they feel heard and connected to You're admitting, I don't do it all right. You're admitting, sometimes I don't get you. It's okay to say that. And then you're calling on the Lord God Almighty who created you to mesh you more, to soulmate you more, to connect you more. That's an intentionality. These are not easy things. I've talked to you about the list the last two times I've here. I told you 2% of couples ever pray together. And that's church-going couples, 2% pray together. You guys already, by the way you raised your hands, we're breaking the barriers down there. Perfect. Listening, same thing. Couples don't listen to each other. And especially some of you who have been living together for a long time, you married 40 years, 50 years, we're going my own way. Mm, mm, That sounds stubborn. That sounds selfish. Break that down. Because, you know, one of the things I want to give to my children is the testimony of a couple that finished well. Like my mom and dad, by the end of the life, it, was just, it wasn't even pleasant to be around them. Mom, who was so gentle, et cetera, and dad was so mean, and then dad kind of softened over the years, and mom got to where she would just say really hurtful things. I'd even say, Mom, don't, that, mm, I didn't hear that growing. I don't like it when you talk to him that way. Ah, it's fine. Mm, mm. And it was, it was kind of ugly. And I don't want my kids to finish and go, let's get out of here. Merry Christmas. I I don't want that, you know. I want them to want to hang around us because they're like, oh, you old people. You're sweet. I might have to say, well, we can't hear anymore. That's why we're so happy. Yeah, I don't know. But whatever I got to say, I want to finish sweet. (laughs) I want to give them a living legacy of, of connectedness. So I'm going to give you a little assignment. Here at the table, I want you to turn and I want you to talk to each other, just to, to, the, to the group. What's something you could give to your spouse? Just tell the group, here's something I could give my spouse that would help us connect better in this listening thing. What's one of the things I've said or something that came to your mind? Certainly my thoughts aren't all encompassing. There's plenty of things I would have left out. So what are the things that come to your mind that you say, this would connect us better? And then later you guys can talk about that you know, on your own as well. But just as a group here, talk about something that's ministered to you tonight. You go, that'll connect us better if we take that step. What is that step? Let's take a second, talk about that, 
share that with each other, and then Nikki will come up and close us out. Lord God, I just pause a minute and pray over these couples. Thank you for letting me talk to them. They listened, and I pray now they would take these thoughts and apply them in their marriages. Watch over our homes, bless our homes, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we wrap up what we're sharing with you in this month of March, I pray Christ will be with you and continue to watch over you and your family. And some of these things we're sharing today are very relevant and practical that you can use in your own marriage life and even family life. So may the Lord bless you. And again, I want to thank you for your partnership with us here at Winning at Home.